Welcome to another edition of Father Time, the comedic reference guide to all things dadding. My guest today is also known as the Persian Pink Panther. He is a world uh, touring comedian who's done The Tonight Show at midnight. He's an actor who's appeared on everything from ER to 24 to his new CBS sitcom, which will premiere this year called Superior Donuts. Uh, and he has a film he co-wrote and stars in out right now called Jimmy Vest for American Hero. But I think a lot of people will know you from your Netflix special, uh, I'm not a terrorist, but I've played one on TV. My friend, Mr. Maz Jabrani, joins us today. Thank you for having my uh, uh, my friend. Yes, my friendly <laughs> friend. My friend. friendly friend. Yeah, I hope people have seen it. I mean, maybe they haven't seen it, but it's on Netflix now. And um, and I'll quickly explain that Persian Pink Panther title to you. Um, the the movie that you had mentioned, Jimmy Vestwood, American mm-hmm. Hero, which is a movie that I co-wrote. It just came out. Well, it came out in May, and now it's on. And now it's on iTunes and Amazon. Yeah. People can get it. It's called Jimmy Vestwood. Vestwood, like Westwood, but with V's because sure. Persians can't pronounce their W's. No. But it's Jimmy Vestwood, American hero. And what it what 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 happened was when I was talking about the movie, I described it as the Persian Pink Panther meets Borat. And someone got a hold of that, and they put it on my Wikipedia page that I'm also known as the Persian Pink Panther. It's not a bad thing to be known as. It's not a bad thing, but I feel like people like I feel like people think that I claimed that title for myself, and I feel weird. So I've been trying to get Wikipedia to take it off, and Wikipedia will not believe me that I know me better than anybody else. They won't I take mean, it off. They, do they even admit it's you? They like we know it's you. Dude, but no. No, no they've, it's been the craziest thing. I tried to email them through my own. I created an account. I went in there. I've, I've never dealt with my Wikipedia at all. I probably should have a little more control I've of it. I've never touched it. And some people say, you know this is on there. And I go, it is? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. any idiot can change it. But yeah. apparently the real guy can't unchange it. Yeah, so what's interesting is actually they had, originally it had, uh, I'm, no, I'm also known as, a, I still has, I'm known as a Persian Pink Panther. And, uh, and it might still have that, it said, I'm married to a woman named Mitra. Which is not my wife, no. you know, and I'm sure your wife's not happy about that. <laughs> She's like, "Who's this Mitra girl? And where, what country is she in?" Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, Wikipedia is, uh, what, but then, but then it makes me because whenever I have like a an audition and I need to find out about, uh, let's say, a, a an occupation, I go on Wikipedia. So we all do. So now it makes That's me. That's how I went on to find you. Yeah, exactly. Even though I've known you for twenty yeah. something years, yeah. I, I went on to find your thing. That's yeah. what we do. It's like the first, when you punch in anything, the first thing that comes up is Wikipedia. Wikipedia, yeah. And here's what's also important on Wikipedia. Um, yes, you've been working in the business pretty steadily for the last 20 years, but uh, for our purposes today, you are also a wonderful husband and a father to two children, Dara and Mila. You nailed the names, yes, sir. Um, yeah, Dara and Mila. Dara and your wife my... is, pre- I always say it wrong, Pritha. Pritha, you nailed Pritha. it, yeah, yeah. I did? Yeah, you got ah! it. You're better than Wikipedia. I was afraid to say it because yeah. I was like, I'm going to mess it up. No, you I'm nailed it. it What's your wife's name? Kate. And my two daughters are Hana, Hana. and Clyre. 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 They're terrible with those names. Um, let's go back because you, I mean, I've known you forever. You, you obviously worked. You did the Axis of Evil tour. You toured the world. You toured the Middle East. Um, you have a TV show coming out. You just had a movie. All of these things are amazing to me because you also have been raising two kids. Yeah, so I got to eight- It's gonna be hard to juggle it all. Yeah, so my boys eight, Dara, my my daughter Mila is five, and definitely, you know, it's funny because uh, you know, before you have kids, being on the road is not as big of a deal. You're it's away fun. From, yeah, you're but you're away from. Oh, your, you're drunk. You're trying you're to hook drunk, up. Drunk. Oh wait, did I do? A, that's a different road. That's a different. Well, no. Well, before that, we were married. Before we were married, there's yeah, that. But we then once you, even that. when you get married, yeah. being on then the you're road, just drinking. You drink, but but it's also it's listen it's it's okay because like your wife wants a break from it's you fun. she's like you go Absolutely. away you're like I'm gonna go away for the weekend and and you come home and like you know you miss your wife and you get together you you know you you, you know hook it up you know and 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 uh, what's this hook it hook it up hook up hook up yeah okay, but right. but the point being um, that's before kids and yeah. once the kids are born um, you know. First of all, when they were babies, still it, it it still felt like I remember talking to a doctor, well, the kid's doctor, who said, "Listen, they don't really know how long you've been gone, so you could be like bye and then come back a week later, and they'll be like, hey, you're hey. there, yeah." So when they're babies, when they're you know, so I still was traveling, and I travel a lot for my stand up. Yeah. I travel a lot. So, but as they've grown older and older, and and it became this thing where I don't know if you've experienced this, but like I felt like I would go away even for a weekend, and I would come back and like I would have missed their first word or something. It's it's crazy at that age 
like yeah, a weekend. You're like, hey, you wouldn't believe what what so and so is doing now. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Nuts. Yeah. You're like, he's doing. Uh, he's just. He just. Uh, he's he's doing computer uh, yeah. science. He's created websites yeah. now, and so it was a thing where I started feeling, my God, I'm missing out on stuff. As a matter of fact, what I heard was uh, Mark McGuire, the baseball player. He was being interviewed, and he said that he's in a second marriage. And he goes, when I was in my first marriage, he goes, I was so into my career, I missed my kids' youth. And he goes, now I'm really trying to be there for them. And so for me, it's become this juggling act of trying to figure out how I can go out on the road and be back as quickly as possible. One thing that I picked up actually was um, I used to do Sunday shows uh, when I, because when you go on a, as you know, when you do a weekend, it can be Wednesday through Sunday. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and and so a lot of times I would add that Sunday show and be like, let's do that as a fourteen and older show, so people can bring their kids, and uh, and then I realized, wait a minute, I'm missing all day Sunday, which is the one weekend day. Yeah. So now what I do is now I'll be on the first plane back from Sunday. wherever I am on Sunday. Sunday morning. Yeah, and 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 it's kind of good and bad because a lot of times I land and I'm exhausted and and I'm like telling my wife, I'm like. I, gotta, I need a nap. She's like, you should just come home later. But, but I, I, you know, I've been pretty good no, at trying great, to... because you get home and the kids... And also, we're on the West Coast. You get home at like 10 in the morning and the whole day is free. Yeah. But it is hard. Um, it's weird because our generation before us, my father, I mean, he worked like 80 hours a week. I never saw the guy. I mean, yeah. was your father like that? Yeah, well, listen, that was not... See, that's, I, I do a lot of material about that, about how I don't think it was part of the culture as much. There were still dads who were involved... The few dads that were really involved uh, sometimes were like too involved, in my opinion. Like they were the dads who were coaching the team, and they were li- really wanted their kids to be professional players. It was, it was odd at that point, yeah, for the one dad to be like so inclusive with the kids that you were like, something's wrong with that. Something's guy. Something's wrong with that. Now, guy. if the guy doesn't spend time with his kids, you're like, something's wrong with that guy. Absolutely. And yeah. what it was was it was interesting. There was actually we played on a baseball team, and there was this one dad who was a doctor. He was like a surgeon or something. He would show up with like. Uh, he, he, this is when we were probably like you know, 12, 13. He would show up with, with these uh, uh, printouts of different uh, uh, things to teach us with our baseball, like you know, with throwing or pitching or whatever. He had all these different things that he'd looked up that he would bring to us. Um, and, and, and he was. He, he, I think he was living through his son. Like He wanted his son to be... The bad news bears. Come on! Yeah, exactly. You can do better than him. No, he yeah. can't. He's yeah. not very talented. Yeah. I mean, he's also... He's like five six. He's not going to play professional yeah. baseball. And that so, was, but that was like the father back then that would be involved. And then the other fathers, I think, just weren't like my dad. He loved us. He was a great dad. He provided for us. Same as me. Whenever I'd show up, he'd be like, I'd be, "Hey, dad, can I get twenty bucks? Here's twenty bucks. You know, go off and play with your <laughs> friends." That was it. It wasn't like <laughs> that's simple. W- that's simple dadding. It wasn't like, oh, let's get some mitts and go throw. You know, you never played catch. Nobody played catch with me. No, there was no, there was no. He, I would, he would, he would give me the money to go buy a ball and play catch with my friends. Did he work long hours? What did he do? My father was so. We, I was born in Iran. My dad in Iran um, owned an electric company. He was a self-made millionaire. So he was a you know big businessman, and um, he was larger than life character, uh, and uh, and he just. Um, you know, he just lived a big life, and and he would provide for us whatever we wanted. We would get like I never understood allowance or anything. I'd just be like, Dad, I need some money, and he'd be like, Oh, here's a hundred. Like he didn't like he was he was a no baller. concept of money. No, he had no because he had so much money at the time. Like he, we came in the late seventies, and he had like I don't know eight to ten to twenty million dollars, like something crazy. But then he lost it all in bad real estate investments in America. Because what happened was he came to the U.S. But Trump says there's no bad real estate. Real estate's <laughs> the best thing you can put your money well, in. Well, unfortunately, he what was, was he buying? Yeah, he wasn't able to declare his bankruptcy like Trump did. And Although, pay it forward, no yeah, pay taxes yeah. for 20 years. Actually, my dad did do that. Actually, it's funny that, that when I'm seeing Trump, this thing with Trump right now, yeah. I remember for a few years, because of the way my dad had set up his company and the money that he lost, I remember a few years like in college when I was like, or going into college, like I was making you know odd jobs here and there and i'd make like i don't know fifteen thousand dollars in a year and our accountant was like you get that's all going to be written off because your father lost all that money i was like wow so we were going through the trump thing in that we were writing off it's part of the law it's part of the law and it was all like i'm smart yeah smart yeah Yeah, i'm smart yeah yeah, tremendous tremendous Tremendous. i'm a genius yeah so but he never like he never was like let's play catch or anything but he was a great dad um and that just wasn't part of the culture i don't think like the thought of like right now I feel guilty if I don't like my daughter the other day. She's five, so she's like, "Daddy, come to the back. We've we've just bought this big trampoline," 
and I'm just I'm I'm always I feel a little uh, uh, squeaky, like a little little rusty with my back and my knees. We're, we're getting old, yeah, yeah. We're getting old, right? Trampolines are death traps, by the Dude, way. Dude, it's just, my father was like, not a chance. My whole childhood, I wanted a trampoline desperately, yeah. and he's like, no, you're gonna break your ankle. Yeah, which they are like the leading cause of broken ankle on I'm Earth. I'm sure it has to be. I watch with fear, like I try not to. When but you I bought s- it. We bought it. My wife was like, "Let's get a trampoline because you know they and it's good. They go bounce on it." But I, whenever I see it, and then they're wrestling constantly. I'm like, "Oh my god!" And then and then she talked me into getting in there with her. It has which, the net around it, right? The net around yeah, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she so, but I'm bouncing on it. I'm like, "What?" And in my mind, I'm like, "What if this thing just snaps right now? We both go down." Or I'm like, "What if I jump in a weird way, hurt my back?" Or so. But but again, my dad would never have gotten in there. You know, and and then there's these dads. He would have bought it for you, though. He, of course, he would have bought. He would have bought me two. He would have like, <laughs> has two trampolines. Yeah, right? Why have one when you could have two? <laughs> <laughs> but no, but but it's funny because um, I have friends, and I'm sure you have these friends. There's some friends of ours that even as they get older, they're still kind of adventurer types. Yeah, and they are the types who are like, no, I get in there with the kids and I wrestle with them, and yeah. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like to me, that's something. There's something off on that as well. You know, I was trying to do a bit about because we're stand-ups. That's really funny you say that because I get I get down and play with the kids. Yeah, yours are still like young They're enough. Young. Well, of course, I'm not tackling them. No, like listen, when they were, but younger, I've hurt myself. Yeah, listen, no, there's certain things you will do, but like this, this is what I was trying to explain. Like, like this is what I've become. I think I've become more and more high strung as I get older, especially like with cleanliness around the house. Like when I was a kid, I remember my mom would come in the room. My room was a mess. She'd like smack me around a little bit. My mom used to hit us. My dad never hit us. Smack me around a little bit, be like, clean your room. And then I would just take most of the stuff and either put it under the bed or into a closet, close it, and I'd be done. And now, as an adult, I walk around the house and there's constantly, there's always something. There's like a a leaf because somebody just came from the back and had it. Or there's a toy or there's some food left over or there's... And and I realize, I I go, if I want peace of mind, I need to walk around the house with my head up. So I'm just seeing the ceiling and I'm not looking down. It's so funny to hear you say that. And I feel like the kids have changed you because you are always my role model of even keeled. Like you're the guy that we would do shows and I'd be like crazy miserable. I'm like, ah, that show's hard. Like we did a show where we stood at a maitre d' stand like in Hermosa Beach. It had to be 20 years ago. Or so. I don't know. You probably yeah. don't remember. It was in a weird restaurant. Yeah. The mic was at the maitre d' stand and we tried to do stand up at it. And I was like, this is horrible. What kind of, I've destroyed my life. Yeah. And then, you know, Maz after will be like, eh, it was all good. Yeah, the show was fine. He'll have crushing shows. And I would be like, oh my God, I destroyed it. And you'd be like, yeah, the show was pretty good. Like everything but that listen, you was so even you know, but, but No, but I still am that with like my, my professional life. Right. Because part of it with stand-up I've learned, and I, this is the best thing that I learned with stand-up was that we get up so much that I've, I've, I've always said like stand-up is like a painting that's never done until you... Make a special, you put that painting up, and then you start working on the next painting. So if you have, uh, uh, you know, you're going to do two sets, three sets, four sets, ten sets in a week, that's just you putting more paint on that thing. So sometimes you go, and it just doesn't look good, and then you go, well, you know what? The next time I go to the board, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it no, up. No, that stroke stays with me for a long time. Uh, so yeah, you, yeah, you hold on to the stroke. <laughs> Yeah. You're like, I should have had an eraser. Oh, really, that stroke yeah. was terrible. Yeah. yeah, I know. I wish I wish I was more like that, but I'm, you know, I'm a redhead. But I, with parenting, though, it's the so, so I, I'm, it's just made me a little, and I try to remind myself. So the other day, like, this well, there's is, a leaf. Who cares? Just leave. Like, you're like my wife. My wife's like, I can't. This house is a disaster. Yeah. This house is a gross place of yeah. shit. And I'm like, yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah. This house is beautiful. What are you talking well, about? well, ha- like, this happened recently where they were, they've gotten used to brushing their teeth and walking out of the bathroom as they brush their teeth. Which I do too. I'll, I have one of those two minute timer, you know the you know the Sonicare, and I'll be walking around like making my bed. Yep. I'm a multitasker. As, yeah, I'm like I'm, I'll get this done right. Well, they'll walk out there walking, and they're, and they're dripping toothpaste. And what I was thinking was, if I were one of those easygoing dads, I would be like, oh, the toothpaste monster's coming to get you. And I grab the toothpaste, I chase them around, you know, I get it all over them. They get it on me. But I'm like, I see them dripping. I'm like, what do you do? Get back in the bathroom. I can't even you picture tri-? you like that. Oh my God, I'm losing my mind. Is your wife the same? Uh, not as she, much. She's chiller. She can go up and I'm not yelling at them, but I'm like, guys, what do you, could you please, please get back inside? You know, like that, that I, I, I still remain calm. I don't yell. I'm not yeah. a yeller with them, but I'm always like, guys, get, could you go in there and get it, get it done? And my wife, my wife has her ups and downs. My wife in the morning is, it can go really, 
She's very militaristic in the morning. My wife's the worst in the morning. She could get up four hours before she has to leave the house, and she's still, at the last second, will be like, I'm running late! Yeah. You just get up 10 minutes early. What is wrong with you? Like, well, my, she has no concept of Well, it. my wife does it. My wife gets up super early, and she gets everything ready for the kids, and then whenever I get up to help, I'm very slow in the morning. I move, but I'm moving, but I'm moving slowly because you know, again, the the joints are a little rusty, and I'm just like I'm getting there, and I and I will literally I'll walk kind of slowly over to go brush my teeth because I don't have bad breath and you know have my kid get you know do the puke you know that that my daughter one time she's like mm. I was like all right I will brush my teeth so I brush my teeth then I'm getting help when I get ready and my wife's like what are you doing come on just just stay in the bed and I'm like I'm I'm trying over here I'm like just stop yelling at me I'm like you know. Stop yelling at me. I must say that I can't I can't tell you how many times. Yeah. Just stop yelling at me. Stop yelling at me. I'm on your team. Sometimes too, like she'll ask me to do stuff, but she's not she never asks. She'll tell me. Yeah. And because I was institutionalized as a single gentleman until my late forties, it's really hard for me to do something when somebody goes, Go do this. Like my initial instinct is like, not a not a fucking chance in hell am I doing that. I Absolutely. don't care if it ever gets done. Yeah. I am not doing that. Yeah. Which is a terrible way to behave. Yeah. But it's like, can you just be nice about it? Well, I think, I think, that, I think listen, kids bring that out of you because you're exhausted and you're trying to Well, there's to, a couple know, things. That. What's happening is you're both trying to do what you think is the right thing to get the results you want. And when it was when you were single and she was single and you're like, meet me at the restaurant, you just meet at the restaurant. Mm. When you're living together and she gets up to go and she gets up early and you get up late, that's fine. Once you get that kid involved, now you're both dealing like, how are we going to manage this child? And you have different opinions. And even sometimes when I'll give an opinion that I think she's going to agree with and then she ends up disagreeing with, it kind of gets under my skin because I'm like... What, like I'm trying to give you the right answer here. Like, like I'll give you a very simple uh, um, example. Like they today at school they had this thing called Daddy and Donut Day. So they want the sounds kid, awesome. Yeah, and and it's like we looked at the schedule. So yesterday they had their book. Uh, um, what's it called? The the book fair. Mm-hmm. And since I'm in town, I was like, I told my wife, I said, yeah, I'll go to both their book fair hours and go help them pick out books. Which, by the way, side note, both both of them ended up with tears at some point because. My daughter started crying when it was over and I had to leave and she just was just playing like, oh, I miss you, daddy. And I was like, you know, I'll see you in a couple hours. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then, and then my son was crying because he was, I, I, I was trying to get him to get a real book and he wanted all these um, you know, graphic novel books. And I was like, okay, let's get two of your graphic novel books and two real books. And he's like, oh, you making me get my book. So it was a disaster, but still, I got through it. It feels like everything starts out great and you're like... We're at a pumpkin patch for you. Yeah. I didn't, I'm not yeah. here for me. This yeah. is for you. Yeah. I don't Pull want... your shit together. Yeah. Oh, dude. Why are you melting dude, down? If I anyone would... should be melting down, it's me. This stuff, I just paid two bucks to take a photo with fucking pumpkins. Pumpkins. Really? It's You're stupid. making, you're charging me yeah. to take photos with them? Yeah. Lost dude, my shit. I've said this before. I've said like a lot of times, I think a lot of things seem a lot better in theory than when you're in it. Wait, or it's just, you, you basically you went through a horrible day to get a great photo. Yeah, and then the photo, like, and then the nostalgia of the photo, you go, wow, that was, that was a good time. Remember that day with the Easter bunny? Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't remember it. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was terrible. Yeah. The zoo was overcrowded. You yeah. couldn't, none of the animals came out. Yeah. It was 105. You don't remember? Yeah. Well, the photo is great. The photo is great. The photo is great. Can't we just have, a, they should have an app. They yeah. probably do. Yeah. Where you just pose your family in the backyard and then you can stick them anywhere. Yeah. Hey, we went to Hawaii. No, we didn't go to Hawaii. Yeah. We, we took that in three minutes. We yeah. saved a lot of money. Yeah. And look at the photo on yeah. Facebook. Everybody thinks we went to Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a great But you know, but you know, here's the thing. I mean, the experience I because whenever I talk about kids to people, I, I and I and again in my stand up, I, I talk about how exhausting they are and all this stuff, but it really is fun. And and it, as you know, I think part of it is that if you don't have kids, I think once you have kids I think once you hit like your 40s, it's almost like you're done with most of your experiences. Unless, you know, whatever, you're like a, I don't know, Richard Branson type who wants to now go, disco, you know. There's nothing left. Yeah. there's nothing. Unless you're at some Trump crazy party where they, you know, they're bringing in animals. And what, yeah. So by 40, things, it's like know. almost like, like, it's like the lease is up. So when you have kids, it's almost like you've renewed the lease. Now you're going through those soccer games again. Now you're going through Halloween costumes. Now you so and it's and it's kind of and it, sometimes you're like, oh, this is exhausting. But a lot of times you're like, this is kind of fun. So good, you know. It, it, I, I couldn't agree more. I thought the same thing actually a while ago, where it's like you're getting to re. Like I got bored. I was in my mid forties. I was like, I drank it. I ate it. I did it. I threw out. 
pitches at game. Like, I didn't even go to sporting events anymore. I was like, unless you put me on the sideline of an NFL game, I'm not going again. Yeah. I'll sit in the owner's box maybe, but you're not. Like, nowadays, I'm a dick. People go, hey, you want to go to the game? I'm like, where are the seats? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do we have parking? Yeah. Are you, who's driving me? Yeah. It's like a burden. Yeah. But now with kids. It's like you relive it again. Trick or treating this year, I've invited like. Uh, Mike Boone and a couple other it's friends who are single people. I so, said, you know what you have to do? Come over for trick or treat. Yeah. It's amazing in our it's neighborhood. Fun. The Brady Bunch house is near. It's like everyone goes out and they go ballistic. Yeah, and yeah. The neighborhood people decorate their yard, which before kids, I'd be like, look at that doofus. He decorated his yard. And yeah. now with my kids, I'm like, this is epic. Yeah, yeah. It's such a great time. You relive everything. And now just going back to what I was saying about the the wife husband thing is so so we did the book thing yesterday. The and then today was um, Daddy and Donuts, and we looked at the the, the calendar, and it was kind of early. It was like a seven thirty to eight fifteen a.m. And my wife was like, "You know what? Forget it. We don't need to go to Daddy and Donuts. Let's just just tell the kids you're not going to do Daddy and Donuts because um, you know you, because the, the, they use it as an excuse to get you to go buy books again." And she said, "Just tell them. She said, tell them that you already bought the books, and we'll get we'll do a dessert with them another time together." Yeah. So I was like, "Okay." So I was like, "I'm." Yeah, cool. I don't have to get up super early because we were still going to the school to listen to this lady talk about raising kids. Anyway, so so I went in the room and, and my wife can hear me and I'm telling the kids, I'm like, guys, um, uh, and this is this is going back to like how when you're both raising the kids, you see and, and do things, you execute things differently. So I was like, guys, you know, uh, you're, you know, we're not going to do Daddy and Donuts because you've had the books and it's, a, and it's an excuse to get us to buy more books. And we're going to go get desserts at another point. And my five-year-old girl was like, oh, she was kind of moping and she was trying to make herself cry and stuff. And I was like, guys, we'll get you a dessert. But, the, you know, the books, we already got the books and did it. And I'm just telling him. And then as I'm walking out, uh, my wife's like, you're doing it wrong. And I was like, what? I go, well, then you go do it. And it was one of those things where you you're just You're doing said, it wrong. Yeah, well, it was what I was like, I just quoted you and you're like, and now you're micromanaging me. And that's the problem that what you just said when your wife says, do this. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. the micromanaging, which we both, like, I, I, I'm guilty of it sometimes. So I've learned to like, if, if she's driving, I try to be like, okay, you just, whatever direction you want. She, when I drive, she still does sometimes will tell me, go this. That's the worst backseat driver you've ever seen. Ever. It's just, it's just. I don't say a word when she drives. Like, yeah. You take your time. Yeah. Oh, and what's funny is I should because she'll sit in the right hand lane behind the clunker that's going 45 miles an hour. And I'm like, at some point, I'm like, pass them. But think about how crazy that makes you feel when you're in that situation. I know Horrible. what you're talking about. You're sitting there and I'm, I'm like, mm. why would you choose this lane? Yeah. But that's the thing. So that's what you got to realize too is when I think there's something to be, because we're talking about kids, but we're also talking about, you know, relationships. I think there's something to, to be said about acknowledging the fact that you're coming at a at the same goal from what might be two different techniques and and learning how to be kind of like okay you know what i'm going to be patient in this situation yeah. and they got to do it to us as well and sometimes it's easier because you you might say to yourself i'm going to play this game i'm going to be very patient but you don't tell her that you're playing the game and then she still rides you until like a little bit later, you go, I've been patient and let you do, when you drive, I let you drive. Why don't you let me, you know, and, then, and it's like, you haven't noticed that I haven't, I've, I've, haven't been a backseat driver? And then they might be like, no, I haven't noticed, like, I haven't been paying attention to you being quiet. Sometimes I'll drive crazy just to piss her off because she's in the car telling me what to do. And I'm like, shut it, shut. You want to drive? I'll pull over and I'll go, you drive. And she goes, I'm not going to drive. And it's not just me. Other people who are with her are like, she's terrible. It was funny. One of my friends was listening to some of the other podcasts. He's like, "Hey, are you guys okay? You getting, That's hilarious. Are you getting divorced?" I go, yeah. what? "What are you talking about?" He goes, "From your podcast, it sounds yeah. awful." And yeah. I go, "Well, no, it's comedic, but it's yeah. like here's what's funny. Now that the kids are getting a little older, because they were babies, yeah. and I think when they're babies, it's really rough. You're fighting with each other a little more because you're trying to. What you said, I think you're both coming at it from a different tack, but eventually, I think you do get on the same path. And you're sleep deprived. Yeah, that doesn't help. You get to a point where you're a team. I think when you're at first, you're not really a team. The kid divides you like a war. Well, I think throughout their lives, there's going to be times that you come at something. Let's say, for example, I don't know, uh, let's say one of your girls, um, I don't know, gets in trouble at school for whatever reason. And you might say, okay, you know what? We need to talk to her and blah, blah, blah. And then she might, your wife might say, well, actually, what we need to do is we need to encourage her to 
to tell us what happened, you know, because we don't want to be too harsh. And you might be like, well, we need to do discipline. And, and that just becomes this thing of figuring out what is the right way. And I honestly don't know what is the I right know, way. Yeah. But I would definitely tell you that we are putting a lot more effort into parenting than our parents did. Was your father a disciplinarian? My father was not much of a disciplinarian. He's he 20 was, bucks if you just stop doing that. <laughs> just, here's, here's 20. I love him. Oh, he was great. Oh, man. He was great. Here's, here's 100 bucks. Yeah, he, he would right. raise his voice if he got upset. And that voice, because he was, he, again, he was like, he was about, he felt, height-wise, he was my size, which is about 5'11", but he just felt bigger. He had kind of thicker wrists. He was, he, he came from like, he was kind of a ruffian in his youth. His friends were all like wrestlers and stuff, so... And he had this deep voice. So if he got pissed at us, he would just like yell your name really loud and you would start crying like out of fear. He never hit us. Um, I think he threw a shoe at my brother one time. He like lost his mind. But the shoe had shoe. 200 bucks in it. Had 200 bucks. So <laughs> that's at funny. the end, it's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny, man. <laughs> no, but my mom used to. My mom used to hit us. And I think my that's, dad... My mom was the same. My mom hit me. My father never hit me once. Yeah. I think my... he was afraid he'd kill me. Yeah, and I think my dad also used her as like his his, his general, basically. Yeah. He'd be like, "You go, you know, your mother, you know, go get him." So she would come and she she had no problems like smacking the shit out of us with hangers and pulling our ears and stuff like that. Was he hands off with what you were doing with your life, or was he kind of hands on of like, "What are you doing? You're going to try they, to act. You're going to try to do this." Or was he like, "Oh, that's fantastic. It's your life. Do what you want." No, no, they were both very hands on. He was very hands on in that sense. And when I said my mom used to hear the shit, I was it never was like mommy dearest. It's never like we didn't get bruised but she would smack us around but sure. but 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 both of them especially coming from a an immigrant background and a and the persian community is very much about especially like the upper middle class or upper class iranians are all about like got to be a lawyer a doctor all this stuff so they really did they did have that my and my father it's interesting because he would sometimes when he would get upset at me he'd be like i never see a book in your hands and i was like you know, I I don't know what to tell you. Like I I, I read in, I read in the bathroom sometimes, but like I wasn't a big reader. And then and then I remember actually one of the one of the which times, is odd because you're a writer. I am a I mean now I guess you, I am I mean, a, you're writer. a writer. Yeah, yeah. you're a writer. Which yeah. you do for a living and perform it. But it just and, wasn't. Listen, our house wasn't like you know. Some people go like my father was a was a professor, my mother was a teacher, or like whatever. My right. dad was an engineer. Did it. My dad was a businessman, and my mom was a, a housewife. They came to America, uh, learned English pretty much. So they weren't walking around reading books either. They would read like the Persian newspaper or something. But it just we just weren't like my vocabulary wasn't as strong as my math was. Um, Did you deal with uh, coming in as an immigrant, which is kind of I mean I hope you're talking about that because it's crazy what you went through. I mean, were people rude to you when you first came over? Or were they all I like, remember, hey, come on in? Well, as a kid, I don't think that, that I really caught on to much of it. Uh, but there was like in the fourth grade when the hostage situation happened, there were like sixth graders that would make fun oh, of you. right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but for the most part, I, I think about my parents sometimes and I think about how they, like I had been taking English in Iran because I was in an international school. So I think I was, and also kids learn a lot faster and sure. we're playing with kids all day. I think my, my mom had to go to a junior college in a College of Marin uh, and she was learning English there. And I think my dad probably learned it. I'm not sure how. Like he probably, he'd done a little bit through his, through business and the sort. Um, how old were you when you came here? I was six years old when I came. Six years old. And Thank you, Andy. Did I, I'm not sure I introduced my producer, Andy Lerner, on this one. I left you out on this one. Good afternoon. Hey, Andy. Uh, welcome hey, Andy. aboard. Hey. Glad to be here. Um, um, but uh, but you were talking about the 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 hitting thing was was interesting uh, because like I said we feared we feared uh, my we feared my dad um, and you know we respected him we loved him but we also feared him. I think it's the same. I think it was more that generation and now our kids are like I think I'm a big softy. Yeah, we are much more soft, but at the same time, I try to be strict with them. I don't, I never hit them. You know, we don't hit them, but like I try to be strict so that they know. Like if they're in trouble, I look them in the eyes and I'm like, you, you know, you know, my dad's disappointed or whatever. But I remember, I remember one of the things that my father. You were talking about like were they encouraging about go for it, whatever. I remember one of like one of the days, one of the times that I felt really bad with my dad was um, when I was a senior in high school. They had um, some sort of uh, event where they were giving um, little little uh, uh, acknowledgements to people that had like a 3.5 and above. So I had a 3.5 in high school. So I got invited to this thing. So I go there and they were like, you know, here's everyone's uh, little 
thing that, that it indicates you have 3.5. And then the ones that have 3.8, here's an extra one. And here's the, for the ones that have 4.0, here's a ribbon. And, you know, and I remember leaving that thing and my dad was like, why didn't you have the ribbon or the other? <laughs> and dude, I was so upset. I remember going to my girlfriend's house. I was crying. I was like, he's so, you know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, they don't support me, man. You know, I'm like, I have a 3.5. That's better than a lot of the other kids. Like, what's his? And he was embarrassed that the other kids and some of the some of the other parents had their kids were getting the 4.0, and he didn't. You know, and I was like, it's never enough. Never enough. Yeah, I think my father was a similar tone. And and the funny thing, I'm the is, opposite with my kids. I'm like, just I feel well, so now. But no, but you'll see because the the uh, the funny thing is like with my son right now, like when he plays sports, I sometimes sit there and I'm like, well, why aren't you the best in my mind? But then I try to control myself. I go, I don't need to get into that. Like let him just like what you just said. Yeah. It's like lesson learned. And because the 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 one that the the one thing that has actually been has come around that I that I caught myself on was it was funny. Uh, I played soccer and I was a pretty good soccer player. And I remember we playing, played together. Yeah, we played. I was the right. same. I was yeah. a diehard soccer player. Yeah. So and I, and I always played like midfield, yeah. you know. And then and then I started playing defense. And then I remember my dad came to see me play one time, and I was on some like all star team or something. So I was playing like right fullback, which in soccer is like one of the weaker position it's players. Where you can hide a guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but we were still a good team. But I remember seeing my dad. I've actually turned it into a bit now. But I remember him. See, I remember seeing him walk over to the coach, and again, my dad didn't come to that many of my games. So he came to my game, and I see him like talking to the coach, and I could overhear him like saying, "Like you know, my son play forward, not defense." Like he was telling the coach to put me forward where he plays. And I've turned it into this joke where I go, you know, my dad came to one game and he tried to bribe the referees, but <laughs> it's two hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he was actually trying to get the coach. And so what's funny is recently, on my my son's playing um, uh, club soccer. And he's he's a good field player. He plays, you know, he runs. He's fast. He's he's a good player. Um, but for some reason, he started wanting to play goalkeeper. And I was like, why is he in goal? Like, and like when all the kids show up and they start taking shots, as opposed to taking shots, he'd be like, I'm in the goal. I'm in the goal. So I was like, why is he in the goal? And then they were doing this, like they were trying out or something. And I saw him in the scrimmage go and play goalkeeper. And it was a double whammy because not only was he playing goalkeeper, but the team he was on was really good mm. so he was getting zero action oh that's even worse he was just standing there and now i'm kind funny now i'm kind of bored to death because i'm like i got nothing to root for nobody's even shooting at this kid yeah that's and, terrible and i'm sitting and then in the car i was like hey let me ask you a question buddy like why were you uh why are you playing goalkeeper <laughs> he's eight years old right and I'm like, why were you? And he's like, I, I don't know. I was like, do you want to play goalkeeper? And he's like, yeah. I go, you know, you're kind of good at forward. And and I was like, oh, my God, I am my father. And also I realized why my dad was talking to the coach because he wanted to see me score. Who wants to see their son, like, you know, stop somebody? You want to see your son score? Of course. So It's like when people play football. And I was like, who would ever play offensive tackle in high school? Yeah. I was blown away. Like, you, you know you don't touch the ball, right? It's a terrible that's why I ended up stopping football and I played soccer. And yeah, I was, and how I was those, the same. I was center and how, midfielder. And how does the parent feel of the f- offensive tackle? It's got to be lame. It's got to be. Did you see my most... son just block that guy? <laughs> Boy, he really blocked that guy good. <laughs> that blocking stuff he does. You don't think like about practice, that. He, and his, since he was a kid in the backyard, he would block trees, yeah. block the pool. Yeah. He blocks. I mean, come on. I mean, how boring is that for the parent? That's the reason why the parents like, yeah. have you thought about uh, you know catching or throwing? Have you thought about you, you got a pretty good arm? You know, other, other guys touch the ball. Yeah. Would you like to touch yeah, the ball? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's crazy. It's crazy the choices oh, they make. That's God. funny that your father wasn't. Yeah, my father was saying he barely showed up at any of my games. He'd have a you know cigarette. And, it wasn't part of the it's, it's not culture. culture. It, it wasn't. wasn't culture. Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't as big. And I I also think that a big thing is that we have so much more research now, and as parents, we're so much more too into much it. research. Yeah, can someone get my wife off the internet, dude? She'll find the one kid who choked. On an iPhone in in Jersey, and Absolutely. then be like, ah, we got to get rid of the iPhones. Yeah, not getting rid of the iPhone. No, a kid choked on it. Yeah, that's not even possible. Yeah, I read the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. My wife and I, we would text each other. We still do. We text each other articles that we read, and we're like about about you know whatever it is about kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's and oh no, my about, wife just texts me. I, you send articles to you're kind of like more, you're more like my wife. So once in a while, when there's something that kind of supports one of the parenting ideas that I have, I'll be like, mm, check it out. You When's know? your book coming <laughs> about parenting? I, yeah, I should have one. Yeah. I, I'm, I've, I've, you know, I feel like I've learned a lot. Um, but I just think that that's just how it was. Like our parents, it, it wasn't. 
they they it was it was normal for them to come into the house and and just zone out. Did you have crazy scary moments when you were a kid and what's the scariest moment that you've had with your kids? Like, oh my god, <sighs> this is terrifying. Well, the scary moments I probably had, the one that I I had a couple of like accidents um I think when I was like one or something, I had like some high fever and they had to take me to the hospital and all that stuff. Um and then oh wow, I just realized my daughter that was the scariest moment was my daughter had a febrile seizure when she was one. And what is it called? The febrile seizure. Febrile. Which is fever, like febrile. Oh, okay. Yeah, so what happened was, uh, poor girl. Wow. We, yeah, it was, it was crazy. So we had gone to Hawaii uh, over the holidays, uh, Christmas holidays, and then her birthday is January 17th. And I think she caught a little bit of a cold in Hawaii, and then by January 17th, she seemed fine, and um, we had her birthday. And then I think a few days later, the cold had come back and she had a little slight fever. So the way febrile seizures work is when one of the causes can be when when their temperature changes fast, too fast. So I think what happened was that my my wife and our nanny at the time were trying to like bring her fever down. So they might have either given her uh, Tylenol or maybe put her into like a, a like a cooler bath to like cool her down. And I think that the temperature dropped fast. So it was interesting because I was, I happened to be home and I was going to uh, uh, an NCIS audition. Funny thing is, I've, I think I've been to a few, this, this happened again, this happened two or three times where I've had NCIS auditions and something has come up to stop me from going. So maybe this is God saying, don't do NCIS. Yeah, it's, it's a kiss of death. Yeah. It's only the most popular show on earth, but yeah, why would yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. don't want those checks. Oh, we got residuals to come in for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you don't want to be on that yeah. show. So what happened was I was, I, I actually, she had a fever, but she was, you know, we, we thought we had it handled. And, um, and then uh, we, uh, I drove to the lot and I parked and I was getting out. And then I got a call. Right as I was getting out, I got a call. My wife says, listen, Mila just had a febrile, she's had a febrile seizure. We're going to the hospital. And I was like, what? She's what, like, what, yeah. what? Yeah. And I go, okay, I'm coming. And I just get in my car. I don't know the severity of it. Sure. But my wife explained to me, like she said, we, we were there and the nanny was holding her and we kind of had whatever, given her whatever needed to bring her seizure down. I mean, bring her fever down. And then she said that Mila was just staring at them kind of like with this blank stare. And then she, I don't know if she started uh, seizing or if she passed out or what happened, but they called the ambulance, ambulance came, and they actually said, they said, like, you know, if you, you know, the, the thing with seizures is, like, if you wait too long, it can, like, cause brain damage. Yeah. Yeah, so they were like, good thing you guys called us, and they got them in the ambulance, and they went, and then when I showed up at the hospital, she was passed out, because also it's it's an exhausting experience. So she was passed out, and she, you know, tiny little baby. I mean, you know how it is. It's like she was just one. Yeah. And that was the scariest thing because I, because I'm always very that much is terrifying. I'm, a, I'm an optimist. I'm always like, oh, it's no big deal. Don't worry, it's no big deal. So I show up at the hospital, and there's your little baby girl passed out in the ER, and then they, but but they're like, she's resting now. Her, you know, her vitals are good, and blah 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 blah. And then the, and then they go, um, let's take her into the um, into the X-ray room because I want to do a CAT scan to see if it's uh, something related to the brain. Because sometimes um, if you have uh, um, what's it called when the brain swells, um, um, uh, not an aneurysm, but a, no, not aneurysm. Uh, uh, um, uh, it'll come to me. Swelling of the brain. Yeah, yeah. We'll so yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, oh God, I forget what it's called. Which Brad Pitt do, had it. They Brad have Pitt. to like. Drill holes yeah. to let the pressure out or something. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah Brad Pitt had it. What, what was it called when the brain so It'll come to me. No, that's seven days in Tibet. That's a yeah, totally yeah, yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they they wheeled her into the into the CAT scan or whatever, the, and she's on one of these little gurney things, and then suddenly she starts seizing again. So I'm watching my one year old girl, and and what was crazy was. Um, the the doctors you know i'm i'm taking my cues from the doctors and then i i see her seizing i'm like uh and i see one of the nurses or somebody go okay do the xd da, ba, da, ba, da, and they start getting freaking out and now i'm freaking out i'm like oh my god they're getting they're getting you know they're getting nervous and then they wheel her all the way back in like they didn't do the cat scan they're like we can't do this you know to so wheel her back in and they give her the oxygen or whatever it was that was the scariest probably the scariest thing we've had well, you just te- i would have been bawling my eyes out dude i was just freaking out terrified. and then and then and then the poor girl we had to do uh they had to do a, a spinal tap 
because the, the, of uh, meningitis. They, That's what it is. They yep. wanted to see if it yep. was meningitis oh. related. So the poor baby, she's one years old. I got to hold her down while they're putting these needles into her back. It was horrible. But then, thank God, the 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 and one of the happiest moments of my life happened because then the doctor came, and she was very much a like a doomsday type doctor because because after her <laughs> that's a terrible doctor horrible doctor because after her this really pleasant doctor came and he goes why did they do a spinal tap and we go well they just thought in case he's like no they didn't need to do a spinal tap he was the way he was and he was like the guy and this other lady was like whatever her deal was right. she was like like her bedside manner she was like well you know the seizures. Uh, you know usually happen on, if it happened on this side of the. You know if it happened on this side, then the other side. Because our daughter was moving one arm, but the other arm wasn't moving. And she goes, "I don't know what's going to happen. It's possible she'll never be able to move that other side again." <laughs> yeah, and and even if you want, terrible. even if you want to tell someone that, the way you tell them is, listen, the, most likely it's uh, going to be. It'll fine. be fine. Yeah. There's, a chance, There's a chance, slight chance, but just give us some time with some rest. So, dude, like my wife, we were all exhausted. And I go, listen, babe, you go home. I'll be with the baby tonight. I stay in ICU with her. And, uh, oh, my God, I remember at some point at night, like she woke up and she started moving that other arm. And I was like, it was like the happiest moment of my That's life. That's awesome. I was like, this is amazing. What's crazy is you had the scare of your life. She's not going to ever remember a second of it. At 14 or 16, she's going to say, I'm I'm going out with that guy, Tommy. And you're going to like, I... I Worried about you, and she's gonna go tell you to go f yourself, and well, you're gonna be like, "I, I was worried about you surviving, and now you're telling me." Well, to go what's f crazy myself. is uh, this podcast. I just realized in telling you that story that when I had my issue, that it was a lot more serious than I realized because I was one year old right. as well. So my whole life, I always thought like people go, my mom be like, "Yeah, you were really sick when we had to, you know, when you were one," and I've always been like, "Ah, oh, okay, you guys took care of it." But I just realized that I probably went through something similar to what she went through. Yeah, I was jaundiced, I think, and they almost lost me at like one. They kind of throw it away now, like, yeah, we almost lost you at one. My father always said at one time, I guess I almost got hit by a car. He was holding my hand, and I, I ran out between cars Ugh. and almost got clipped. And he was like, we said goodbye to you that day. We thought you were gone. Wow. And it's like, but, he, but to me, I was like, oh, whatever. Yeah. But that day, they must have like driven home shh shaking in their booth of like, well, oh my God, we almost just lost one. Well, that's the other thing as a parent. I, I had so many little accidents where I would like you ride my bike and hurt myself, end up in the hospital. Like two or three times, my mom, I remember my mom coming into the uh, ER going like, my son, oh my God. And I, and I was like, mom, it's okay. It's just my eye. It'll be fine. It's just a cut. I got like, I had landed on my eye and like there was, had to do stitches yeah. inside the eye. And she was, ah. but now as a parent, you feel that. Yeah, I had knee surgery and stuff at the time. I didn't think anything of it, but my yeah. mother was like, um, all right, let me. I have a couple questions I wrap everything up on. Um, what is one thing that you hope your kids never find out about you? Uh, one thing my kids never find out that I'm not their real father. No, no. <laughs> that's I still with my wife. <laughs> yeah, I go, eh, no paternity test. I know it's your child because I, I saw him come out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. What's the one thing I hope they never find out about me? I mean, you know, obviously, having done any kind of drugs or anything, you hope like that. That's something that they find out. Are you going to be honest with them and tell them? Yeah, of course. I mean, I've smoked weed and I've like I've done ecstasy, but like I've never done any other drug. And and I, uh, I just you know I don't. By mind their time, that. weed will be legal, probably around the whole country. Yeah, ecstasy. And they'll be like, we'll talk about that. Like prohibition would be like back in my day, yeah. you had to buy a yeah. lid off of a guy in a park and yeah, roll yeah, it exactly. up. Yeah, yeah. And they'll be like, that weed was illegal. Yeah, I I'm want- going to be totally honest with my kids and tell them exactly. What I've done, I think. I think so. I think so too. At a certain age, I think it's like like it's just funny because <laughs> it's a good question to ask because this this happened recently where so my son is eight now and he's a pretty smart kid, but uh, you know he's a kid and he was in the back seat reading Harry Potter and I'm like okay well if he's gonna read Harry Potter then I'm gonna listen to my NPR so I turn on NPR and I'm like this is NPR. There's no, it's no problem. Sure. And then they go, uh, and this was like about a year ago when these three guys had broken out of a prison in Orange County and they'd, they'd taken off. And one of those guys, and they were all cr- uh, violent criminals. And one of them <laughs> was uh, a guy who had supposedly kidnapped the drug dealer, taken him out to the desert, cut off his penis and set him on fire. Sure. And NPR says... So and so, who's wanted for, you know, who's been convicted for, did it, and cutting off his penis, and did it. And I sort of got, I heard them say that, and I go, oh my God, I hope my son is so into Harry Potter that he did not hear that. And the next thing I hear, my son goes, he cut off his penis? 
And I'm like, what? And he's like, why would he cut off his penis? <laughs> Wait, and honestly, why would he cut why off? He cut? I mean, you're already but, setting the guy on fire. Why, and, why do that? And I think my son didn't realize that another guy had cut off another guy's. So he thought a guy had cut off his own penis. And I was like, oh, no, uh, no, Bubby. You know, it's okay. This guy, you know, bad guys, bad guys. And he's like, what's going on with the penis? <laughs> And I was like, oh, too young. I don't want to talk about it. It's crazy to go like, why would he cut his own penis off? And then you're like, no, somebody else did it. And then the, he would go like, well, why would he cut off another man's penis? Why would you even touch another man's penis so to funny. cut it off? That doesn't make any sense. Like, oh, you're going to have to. That's a bit. You're going to have to find a bit. A bit. That's really bit. great. Yeah, I should talk about it. Uh, what is one trait you hope your kids get from you and one trait you hope they get from your wife? I hope the trait that they get from me is um, I, I, just working hard. I really hope that they. You are like, honestly one of the hardest workers I've ever been around, and in this business, you know, we used to, you know, it's all fun, and but you have worked extremely hard. Even when you were doing great, I was like, man, he's really still. And you were writing that script. I remember seeing yeah. you were writing Jimmy Vestfoot, and I just feel like man. I feel like in life you got to, it, it. It helps to work hard. It's good. It's it's. Uh, I don't know. I just I think working hard is a good is a good trait to have. So I wish, I wish I had it. You work hard. Look, you got a podcast. You got it. it's all it's all yeah. smoke and mirrors. As soon as you leave, I'm going to go curl up in the back and. Take you know a nap what's great about what what we do is, and this goes hand in hand with working hard and loving what you do, because we are playing really. Like if 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 you if, if you had to if you were whatever an accountant or something, and you had to put in all this time that you're putting into these podcasts as an accountant, you might be like, ah, I get, I hate it. But here you are, just talking, and this is work. And this then is you're gonna, yeah. yeah. So, well, that's what's funny. You said you know you weren't you weren't a big reader, but what's funny is you've made a living, yeah, talking and writing and saying those words. It's yeah, crazy. I like, finally learned how to read. Yeah, I was a giant <laughs> smartass, and people go, "Hey, keep your mouth shut." And then I was like, "Look, I actually learned how to make a living by yeah. not keeping my mouth shut." Yeah, which it's is great. Nice. So what's the trait you get from from your wife? The, my wife. I hope that they get. She's very organized. Um, and she's very, uh, like, she's very punctual. She's got a lot of type A stuff that I think can benefit them in their lives. Right, what are the traits you, what, what are the traits you hope they don't get from you and your wife? <laughs> the traits they don't get from me, um, I'm trying to think here. What are I mean, the you, you have so few bad traits. It's going to no, be I'm trying tricky. to think, like, I mean, I'm pretty happy with myself, but, like, I mean, I, I mean, look, I can be as much as I work hard. I can also be lazy sometimes. Like I like to sleep in in the mornings, but that's not. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think, I think, a, I think that's a great thing. That's a great thing. I think. Right? My, I wish my wife had more downtime. Like she's always up. You know what I hope they don't get from me is sometimes I, even though I work hard, I sometimes I don't follow through on some things. Like there's been a lot. Like I'm I'm one of these jack of all trades. Like I want to try everything, and then I don't follow through. So I do hope that they. Don't fall into that as much. Like the the lack of it's funny because on the one hand I work hard, on the other hand, just there's a ton of things I could tell you about that I started and stopped. I have a list of them. Yeah, they're yeah. all like two pages of a script where you're like, well, that's where what happened with that? Yeah. that was a really good idea too. Yeah, yeah. But it's hard in this time because you're doing so many different things, whether it's stand up or acting or movies or yeah. I, you know, I do hosting or VO or whatever. But it's so also different... life, I think. Like, throughout my life, I've always wanted, I've been like, I want to play the piano. I want to play the guitar. I want to learn how to do this dance. I want to do that. And then I want to, I've got a website I want to do. But then half the time, they just sit. Just not enough time. Man. So, yeah. So, I wish, I, I, I hope they don't get that. I hope they get more focused, you know. Um, and then from my wife's side, I think um, maybe, like, she can sometimes be. Um, uh, she She'll wor- never hear this, by the way. She worries. That's that's their job, I think. Yeah, my wife is a yeah. worry ward. Yeah, I hope that like, and I'm I'm a little bit the opposite. Like, I I don't worry enough sometimes. Yeah. But uh, but I hope that they don't pick that up in terms of like, because part of it is you want your kids to not be to to realize that this is all life, right? Like, good things are going to happen, bad things are going to happen, and 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 if you're worried throughout then you can't enjoy the good things because you're worried about the bad things. Even if that bad thing happens, it's still going to happen if you worry for an hour beforehand or don't. Yeah, somebody was saying, I forget who, what podcast I was listening to, but somebody was saying, I think it might have been the Marin one, but the, the, somebody was on there going, when you worry about something happening, then when it happens, then you've already, like, you've 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 suffered twice. you suffered twice. That's yeah. funny. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. Uh, all right, last question. One word of wisdom, like a mantra, that you would leave with your kids? If you could leave them one little phrase that would get them through life, what would it be? To leave it for my kids. Maybe something um, from your father, maybe something that you kind of live your life by. Well, I, I, I always tell people, do what you love. I mean, that's just, for me, like, that's really brought me happiness. 
uh, because. Uh, but you've also made a healthy living at it. We yeah. know we know people in this town who are doing what they love, right. and are miserable because they can't they can't get they the don't, break. Yeah, or maybe they don't have the talent. And like a lot of times, it's like it doesn't matter what world you're in. But listen, the I want to play professional golf. Yeah, that's not going to no, happen. But to do what you love, there's two ways to look at that. One is first of all, you can do it professionally. Secondly, you could go and be an accountant all week that you hate doing, but then go do your, your golf on the weekends or, or whatever. Your theater, if you want yeah. to do performance. Do what you love because life really is too short and you end up, and if you end up, because listen, I come from this background, again, the Iranian background where the parents can be very oppressive and say, you should, you need to be a doctor. So then these kids go to school and then become doctors. And then you need to do this and you need to do that. And they, 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 they manage their kids so much. I've seen a lot of kids that are just miserable because they never went out and like maybe, maybe coming out of college wanting to go to, before they go to graduate school, they want to go backpack in Europe. But the parents are like, no, no, you need to focus. You know, what are you doing? You know, so you have that kind of parenting that, that I think is, is, um, is, is, is destructive to the kid becoming a person that's happy in life. And to do what you want. Yeah, so many people we know got trapped into careers that they were like, Mom, my father, I fell into this thing. And, yeah. and all of a sudden their life went by. Do what you love and and really do it. And whether that's, that, that could also be, that's career, but also like short term. Like if you yeah. say, I really want to go backpack in Europe, go for it. You know, I, I know. I, there's you know. Some t- do it young. Do it young because you're, you're not going to, I'll do it in my 40s. Not going to happen. Don't wait for that Don't shit. Don't wait for it that ain't shit. Happening. Do it at 20. Yeah. Well, I hope your parents are proud of your choice in careers because you've probably affected more people positively than had you become a doctor. Absolutely. They wanted me to be a lawyer, but yeah, I have, I think. Well, I, we don't need any more lawyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've said that before when I've been like, it's, I've, had to, I've had a chance to like speak at different places. And I said, if I became a lawyer, I would not be speaking no, here right now. You yeah, would not. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I hope they're proud of you. I uh, I thank you for coming on to Thanks the show for today. Me, My guest today, Mr. Miles Jabrani. People can come find you. Jimmy Vestwood's out. ITunes. Jimmy Vestwood, V-E-S-T-V-O-O-D, iTunes, Amazon. Jimmy Vestwood, American Hero. It's on all uh, online. Superior Donuts is coming out. Superior Donuts uh, coming it's out. It's mid-season on CBS. Yeah, and then, uh, I'm four at, camera. and then I'm at Maz Jobrani on Twitter, for Instagram. For stand-up games, because you, you tore a bunch. Everything. You're the hardest working man in show business. Trying to be James Thank Brown. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks to my producer, Andy Lerner, for helping me put together today's show. Um, and we'll catch you next time here on Father Time.